station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by the master of all movies, <laughs> Melissa Kersher. <laughs> Hello. And Hello. the novice of all movies, uh, Jenny Young. Hi. And this week, we are watching Goodfellas. Yeah. And uh, so, as always, uh, first thing, uh, first, we have to have Jenna tell us what she knows about Goodfellas. It's a gangster movie. It's a gangster movie. She says <laughs> with certainty. I know it's a gangster movie, um, and and here's here's what my perception of it is, is that because I've seen Good Feathers on Animaniacs. Mm. Ooh, yes, mm-hmm. um, yes. So so I've got this this perception that there's a lot of the the bickering back and forth type thing, uh, while they're doing their gangstery things. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of picture it as a cross between The Godfather. And Pulp Fiction. So you've seen The Godfather. Yes. And you've seen Pulp Fiction. Yes. Okay, and you've Good. seen Good Feathers on the Animaniacs. Yes. <laughs> which, I'm really hoping that's a cartoon. Which for my... Probably wrong. <laughs> I, I will tell you off the bat, it's not a cartoon. Not a cartoon. Oh. It's a cartoon. Uh, that was, good feathers although, although, are probably although, my least favorite part of the Animaniacs. Yeah, and, I wasn't expecting Anytime the Good that, Feathers came on, I would be like, oh, well... I think you I'll do what? something else right now. I had a weird fascination with the Good Feathers, but mm. I think it was just mostly the the impressions that they were doing, mm-hmm. and it amused me. And the the giant statue of Martin Scorsese that they'd hang up. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is a film directed by Martin Scorsese. This is our uh-huh. first Martin Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the he... football statue makes so much more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea I was watching social commentary. <laughs> social commentary, commentary by Martin Scorsese. Uh. So he's uh, considered in some circles to be the best modern filmmaker, mm-hmm. uh, best person making mm-hmm. films right now. Definitely uh, one of the greats. Certainly, certainly that's you know arguable, but at the same time, it's uh, he is uh, at the top of most people's lists as far as filmmakers in the modern age and probably filmmakers of all time. Uh, he's made a lot of movies that you, we know Jenna hasn't seen, but has probably heard of, uh, such as Taxi Driver um, and uh, and Raging Bull and and anyway, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. If we're going modern. mentioned mentioned in a, an episode very recently. Yes. As a matter of fact, so he uh, he's well known for for kind of a boy what do you want to call his filmmaking style i think his filmmaking style is a little brutal uh yeah it's he he's kind of a master craftsman of visual narrative he's very much in the vein of hitchcock in that way mm-hmm. he's the editing is always amazing um he he's teamed together with this editor that he's worked with ever since he did mean streets in what 1973 Thelma machine maker who is one of the greatest editors who ever walked the earth and you know it's credit to two of them that they've stuck together for so long and they've made this amazing array of movies um and i don't think scorsese would be the same without tune maker but um, Scorsese's style is he's very 
yeah, brutal is a good way to put it, but mm-hmm. but also he's he's very character centric. He's very interested in crime very often. He's yes. uh-huh. he, he's interested in the seedy underbelly of the world. Okay. Um, and yet he his movies have this beautiful shining quality to them. They're there's something very crisp and clear to everything that they do. Yeah, he uh, he has favorite actors that he works with a lot. Oh, and he can get amazing performances out of. Yeah, everybody. he can he can get any actor he wants in any yeah. movie he makes. But but uh, for a long time, his kind of muse was Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and more recently, Leonardo DiCaprio has mm-hmm. sort of sort of become that that okay. primary focus of his his films. So. Uh, in this movie, we will see Robert De Niro, and uh, although he's not the lead, right? Uh, but uh, he certainly plays a very important role. Uh, you are. I'm. Uh, well, we'll just spoiler it for Jenna. Yes, you're right that it's about gangsters. <laughs> so, uh, other than that, we should probably leave the rest of it. Yes. For the actual movie itself, so we are going to head off into my luxurious living room, where <laughs> we will watch in glorious Blu-ray. Martin Scorsese's film, Goodfellas. Yeah! And we are back. People have been whacked. So... (laughs) So many people have been whacked. Well, the body count of the movie is only about ten people. I but know they it's die not so gruesomely. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I mean, but the value of a life, though. Come uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> you barely remember the names of some of the people that got whacked. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's not that uh, all that important. All right, Jenna. So, uh, what are your impressions of the film? It was kind of like Godfather in Pulp Fiction, only there was. Like, a lot of the, the Jeopardy back-and-forth talking stuff from Pulp Fiction with a lot of the family stuff from The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think what was most fun for me was listening to the people in the movie and pairing them up with the good feathers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Precisely. Like, like a fucking clown? Like, yeah, I've got that guy! Yes. <laughs> I've got that guy. guy. You think I'm funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, although, you know, in the thing <laughs> no, I saw... Although I saw, the good feathers don't swear nearly. You know, no, they don't. No, they don't. But, you know, it's a kid's show. Uh, I don't know, man. A lot of adults watch anime. Well, yeah, no, I know, but I mean... It, it, uh, but anyway, the point is... Um, so, yeah, the interesting thing is the way that, uh, that, you know, Pesci's character, who's clearly a completely insane freak. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Um... You know, he's he's the most dangerous character in the film. Yeah. Uh, to everyone around him, just because at any moment he could do something like, I don't know, killing a made guy. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, he's just totally whack. But that particular scene, which in Goodfellas, always leads to a fight. In, yeah. In Goodfellas, he's theoretically <laughs> joking. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you can't be sure. You know, if you let off a little steam earlier, maybe you wouldn't go killing everybody all the time. I'm just saying, like, yeah. maybe maybe fisticuffs are the way to go. I, <laughs> instead of leaving, coming back, shooting a guy, I'm just saying. Yeah, like. He's just, uh, he, he's one of those characters that, I, 
I, I don't know. Now this I have I've only watched Goodfellas twice. This is only my second time watching oh, wow. it. But the first time I watched it, there's something about the Pesci character that every time he's on screen, you're afraid something bad's going to happen. And yeah. usually you're right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, there's a reason for feeling that, but I mean he is a scary character. Well, and it's set up with that that very first scene where he's 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 joking, but he's not. Like he he gets into that drop dead serious, you know. Mm-hmm. Am I am I here to amuse me? Blah 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 blah. And then there's just that that tension in that moment, like oh fuck, he's gonna snap. And then it's like nope, he's kidding. And right. that just sets it up for the rest of it because you yeah. never know. You yeah. never know. Because clearly he has snapped. <laughs> yes. And that's why everybody's shutting up and going, oh, fuck, what is he going to do? Yeah. Um, and he won an Oscar for this role, Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. All right. Go figure. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I was looking up the trivia. Of course, always we look up the trivia. His, uh, his, his Oscar acceptance fe- speech was the sixth shortest yeah. Ever. Ooh. Yeah, it was just like, thank it's, you very much. It's, my, it's like, something yeah. like, it's my privilege, thank you. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. And he was done. Uh, he apparently wasn't expecting to win. No. And uh, so he didn't have much of a speech prepared. Mm-hmm. But uh, now he goes down in history. And then, uh, you know, he, he turns that into, you know, my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> well, Casino uh, yeah. was after this, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Casino yeah. was after oh, this. Oh, God, he's f- fantastic in Casino. No, too. Pesci's a really good actor. Mm. And well, he... pretty pretty much any time you throw Pesci into something that's being headed by Scorsese, whether it's Raging Bull or Casino or this, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pesci is, you know, De Niro at this point, I mean, it's not quite true, but it sort of feels like it, that De Niro has been in every single Scorsese film <laughs> uh, for the last twenty years when when he's doing Goodfellas, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's just one of those actors that really the him and Scorsese create a relationship mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, and and produces an, an amazing body of work. Uh, De Niro obviously has done good work with other with other directors, but I, think I don't know. Have you seen his most recent one the, with the the old guys fighting? Like? I said he he, <laughs> he has done good work <laughs> with other directors. <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's doing the best work of his career right now. I ate a lot of popcorn. <laughs> he's he's anyway the point. <laughs> Um, so this is kind of the movie that people always talk about, well, for a long time, talked about Scorsese being the best director out there who did not have an Oscar. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, it took till, was it Gangs of New York where he It was uh, The Departed. It was The Departed. It was The Departed. I, I remember I was in New York City the night he won. It's like, oh, it's so fitting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Scorsese hails from New York. Okay. And many of his movies are set in New York City, and they're kind of love letters to New York City. But he had this, this very Sicilian upbringing in okay. a very Sicilian neighborhood. So a lot of, whenever he goes to crime films, it's it's almost always mafia organized crime. Nice. So yeah, he, it, it's it's a pairing, you know, Scorsese with mafia films. It's it just works really really well excellent yeah uh, and he's done he's done many of them mm-hmm. he's done many of them 
And it's interesting because, uh, you know, I kind of, I always say that I, I don't really go for gangster films. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because when I think about films that I've seen that I think are are really good, um, there are a lot of the gangster films, you know, The Godfather, Part 1 especially. I like Part mm-hmm. 2, but I like Part 1 a lot better. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm fairly unusual movie. in that, I yeah. think. Part 1's a perfect but, movie. And uh, but my one of my favorite Coen Brothers films is Miller's Crossing, which is mm-hmm. a gangster film. And so, this G- Goodfellas is is just this. It, it, what what it's really good at is you know you kind of you see these gangster films, and sometimes you wonder what's so great about it since everybody's killing each other all the yeah. time. And so this movie kind of gives you the idea of why somebody would want to be a gangster, why it's such a romantic. Well, it's a, it's a very personal sort of movie. Not not personal in terms of Scorsese, but I mean, they had the real guy on hand, and you know the the book about him to work from, and you know through both his narration and his wife's narration, mm-hmm. you get the appeal. I mean, you start out with yeah. the line "I've always wanted to be a gangster," and you go from there. It it it's yeah. It, it brings you into this love affair of why would anybody do this? Sure. Yeah, and the what's really interesting is this double narration. Yeah. That yeah. It's, yeah. you know, for a long time you're just seeing it from Henry's point of view, but suddenly it switches to his wife's. Yeah. And you're like, what did they just do there? Yeah. This is not, this is not something that movies do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's really, and I'm sure that it's, that the book... Uh, uses the narration of both the uh, the husband and the wife, but I'm actually not sure about that. But, well, yeah. but yeah, I, I would I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if the book uh, used both the the husband's and the and the wife narration, and that's mm-hmm. that's where it came from. But I would think most filmmakers would have chosen not sure. to mm-hmm. use that that style in the film, and so I. I but I liked it because I had this feeling, like throughout the entire thing, that if she had done some of the narration, maybe something happened to him. Like, like I really mm-hmm. didn't know if he died in the end or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, a really fantastic feeling. That's really a good point. That they that by doing that, you've created the possibility of an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. in Henry. That Henry may not survive, uh, and I think that's. That that's a good point as far as what they, what what Scorsese was doing with coming up with that that style of, of filmmaking. I'm trying to find out what beat this film for uh, for best director. Oh, okay, yeah, 1990. That that was Dances with Wolves. Really? Oh God! Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap! I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> and, I, and I say fucking in honor of this movie because. The word fuck was was said 321 times, which is slightly more than twice per minute. Did you know that... And, and uh, half of those utterances were by Pesci. That, <laughs> I believe that, that, actually. That record, that record was uh, broken this year. Really? Well, well actually, actually, there the were... Largest, there were other not, 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 not fucks per minute. Okay. A total <laughs> number of fucks. Actually, there are... There, Actually, there is a documentary called "Fuck" that <laughs> that beats all of them. But well, but Wolf of Wall, Wolf of for Wall a, Street for a film nominated for as, Best Picture. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street took it. Wolf of Wall Street uh, <laughs> actually has beaten, but yeah. you know it's a film by Scorsese, so which has almost owns, the same plot. He still owns enough. the top 
spot, and that's that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. I think <laughs> that he still owns the top spot. So yeah, there, so, there's a there's a lot of fucks in Scorsese movies. Yeah, th- there's a lot of fucks. <laughs> and, and, and then oh, at the end, he has no more fucks to get. I, I, I looked I looked up the list of the the highest number of fucks in a movie, and and it's on Wikipedia, but. Um, between Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street is Casino, which is another Scorsese movie. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. It's, it's full yeah. of Scorsese. It's, it's fucks all the way down. So 1990 is a great example of a year where you kind of go, you know, you look at the Academy Awards from that year and go, what the fuck happened? Yeah. They should have waited 10 years. Not... Frankly, that I think Dances with Wolves is a bad film. I'm a big fan of westerns, and I enjoyed it a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, Goodfellas is clearly the superior fi- picture when you look at yeah. it 30 years later. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Again, the, the fact that... Well, all right. Uh, let's just say how many segments of Animaniacs were inspired by Dances with Wolves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not saying there weren't any Dances with Wolves jokes in Animaniacs, because I'm pretty sure there was. But I'm saying they had an entire segment that they did, you know, every couple of episodes mm-hmm. based on Goodfellas. Um, there's, again, uh, it's considered one of, the, one of the best films ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is extraordinary in that it... it really does this amazing job again of, of making you understand why anybody wants to be a gangster what is mm-hmm. what is so awesome about being a gangster what is so awesome about being a gangster's wife mm-hmm. yeah and oh I, w- I was gonna follow up on um, it, it's also interesting that the story that inspired this film also inspired two others yeah, Ooh. they're uh, and they're completely gonna slip. The, the titles of both of them are completely slipping my mind right now because they're not the best isn't, movies. Isn't ever one made. of them but, My um, Blue Heaven? Uh, n- uh, I'm gonna get into that. That's okay. not one of the ones I'm talking about. But okay. but um, the 1978 Lufthansa robbery at JFK, which was mentioned in this movie, which is mm-hmm. the which was at the time the largest cash robbery ever done on U.S. soil. Um, totaling like five million dollars stolen, which would translate to like eighteen million today. Just it, taken from wow. JFK. <laughs> they just took it, and and it and it's such a huge thing that um, just four or five months ago, in the middle of January, they picked up another person who was supposedly involved in it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that, that was a huge... Yeah, they picked thing. up uh, Vincent Nassaro, who is 78 years old. He's part of the Bonan- Bonanano... Bon- Bonanano... Bonanano. 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 Bonanano crime family. Uh, but Henry Hill has spoken up and he said, Nassaro had nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, Henry Hill. I thought Henry Hill had died. Uh, apparently, um, it. I can't remember how it was explained, but... It says that Henry Hill had talked to like another one of his biographers, and the biographer spoke up. And oh, okay, that. yeah. Although, although Henry Hill, here's another story about Henry Hill that um, when Goodfellas came out, you know, you know uh, how the movie ends with Henry Hill is still in the witness, loop, yeah, uh, protection program. Well, when the movie came out, he started walking around saying he was Henry Hill, and he got kicked out of the witness protection program. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, you fool. Well, and I Hill is he's 
He's I suppose kind at of, that point, though, you've... Yeah. Hill is kind yeah. of a dope. You, yeah. You know, because, because Polly comes to him and says, don't get into the... Don't get into the drugs. Yeah. And tells him why that's a really dangerous angle to take. Mm -hmm. And he takes it. And Hill would have been fine for a long, long time Mm -hmm. if he'd taken Polly's advice. Yeah. yeah. But there's that that feeling of, well, I can't do anything wrong no matter what Polly says. (laughs) Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get caught. I'm not... I'm not going to have to do any real time, you know, as evidenced by, you know, his four years in prison don't seem so bad. They really don't. Yeah. And so he he kind of has this feeling of invincibility, mm-hmm. you know, which there's something Shakespearean about this story mm-hmm. and the way Scorsese tells it. The way he creates his his hero, who's who's this common man, who, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he he's involved in a couple of murders, but they're gangsters, so they're they're kind of bad people anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he robs stuff, but who's he really stealing from? He's just stealing from the man. He's not mm-hmm. stealing from the corner grocery store or anything like that. Yeah. The only person you see him rough up is that wig seller, who seems like kind of a greasy jackass anyway. Um, you know, but you know, there. I mean, the, the downfall is brought on by the flaw embedded in the hero, which is essentially greed, and, and yeah. he's kind of stupid. Yeah. It's well, it's he. <laughs> greed is something that is is created within that community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To encourage people to be a part of it. Yeah, and, and it's not ju- that- it's not just the money, it's the having stuff and you know, you can see him going from woman to woman to woman and it it's just seeped into everything that he does. It's it's all it's all about power when he's watching them from his home mm-hmm. and seeing how powerful they are. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he can afford a nice suit and a car. Mhm. When he's, you know, 16, 17 years old, he's got all the money that he... More money, he says, than he knows what to do with. And so they prey on that greed, and you sort of see that throughout the entire film, how greed is driving Mm -hmm. Henry Hill. And I think greed drives... And you see it afterwards when he's like, I'm Henry Hill, and he has to leave the witness protection program. That yeah. greed is still driving him years later. Mm-hmm. That what he cares about is being popular and mm-hmm. being wealthy and having control and power. And he didn't have that in the witness protection program. He was miserable. And then this movie comes out, which makes him a sort of celebrity again. Sure. And it's intoxicating. And he doesn't resist it for a second. What's so interesting is now that Wolf of Wall Street exists, the two movies have a lot to do with one another. And, and it's interesting. They're both true stories, but they, they're thematically almost exactly the same. You've yeah. got greed at the center of it, and they're centered on these two men that... That that is that is what drives them. And they both, you know, again, I, it, it's, know, I, go, it's about, I go back to it's about power. It's all I about go power. back to Shakespearean mm-hmm. again in the way that he structures these characters. In that, you get to that third act, 
where there's that moment where a character has the, the the technical climax of the Shakespearean play, where the hero has an opportunity to make a choice, mm-hmm. and if he chooses one thing, <coughs> he might not end up being destroyed. And if he chooses right. the other, he will be destroyed. And in this film, when he's given that choice to not deal drugs, it's like you can deal drugs <coughs> and your fate is sealed, or you can not deal drugs. And you'll be okay. He chooses to deal drugs. And Wolf of Wall Street is given the opportunity to do a plea deal mm-hmm. and walk away a very, very rich man. <laughs> but he is too much of a jackass to do it. <laughs> huh. I, I love how the, the central characters of both movies are just kind of are just schmucks. And what... Really. what <laughs> Oh, they're horrible people. They're there's horrible, no, terrible there, there, There's people. no... You, you can't, if you walk out of either of these films liking the protagonist, you didn't get it. Yeah. Um, well, I but, thought he was a sweet kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And Just I, a little misguided. And I say that in the sense that, yes, you do like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think you shouldn't only, like any of their choices. I think the yeah. only genuinely likable person in the entire movie is Martin Scorsese's mom, who plays. Oh my god, she's she fucking mother. adorable. Yeah, she's super cute. Can I can I borrow this knife? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> come on in. I'll feed you some food. It's three a.m. and there's a huge <laughs> table full of food. There's, I did this painting, and it's right here. <laughs> so cute. Oh god, she's adorable. Yeah, because everybody in this movie will at a moment's notice turn on everybody else in this movie. Yeah. There's there's nobody who's who gives a shit about anybody else except so far as they can help them. Polly seems like this this benevolent father figure, but if you are going to put him in jail, mm-hmm. he will kill you or turn his back on you. You know, even Jimmy, who you feel like him and Henry, Harry... It's an H name. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Henry Hill. Uh, Hill. Hill. You feel like <laughs> Henry Jimmy, Hill. Jimmy and Henry have a relationship that would be able to withstand that final arrest, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. When we reach that point, you really get the impression that Jimmy is willing to kill Henry's yeah. wife. Yeah. Willing to kill Henry to save his own hide. There's never a question. And of course, then. What does Henry do? Well, to save his own hide, he turns on those uh, on his friends. Yeah, and so there's this this sense of, at, and and Jimmy, we've seen that from Jimmy earlier. You know, he's got all these guys who pull off this amazing heist. Makes the it makes all of them a ton mm-hmm. of money, and he kills them all. Yeah, mm-hmm. one by one. Yeah. So yeah. it. It, it's it's interesting. And in Wolf of Wall Street, there's this thing where um, the main character, he makes this decision that will bring about his downfall. But in making that decision, it brings about the downfall of everybody around him. Mm. It's not even his own life that he destroys. He destroys the lives of everybody around him yeah. by I- making this. And let's be fair, they all deserve to have their lives destroyed. Sure. <laughs> These are horrible, horrible, horrible. There's nobody in both these films. It's really amazing how... Yeah, they're they're really fascinating. There's nobody in either of these films that you're pulling for. (laughs) 
You're not. I like, was pulling for the kids. <laughs> well, the kids were pretty nice. They're pretty adorable. Yeah, you know, they were too young to understand what they were yeah. in, what yeah. they were in the middle of. <laughs> but the main characters in either of these films is like when when Pesci's character gets killed. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're weeping bitter tears. You're like, oh. Yeah, he had bad, that coming. Bad, yeah, that was he was a dumbass. I did yeah. feel bad for his mom. Man. Sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, but she's so nice. <laughs> you can feel a little bad for his mom mm-hmm. because... I kind of want, like, a sitcom based on her life. <laughs> oh, God. You know, yes. it, like, you know, yes. every once in a while, these, <laughs> these nice-dressed men come into her life, and she shows them the, her paintings, and she feeds them, and they, you know... It, they wash the blood off their hands in the their, kitchen. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I want to see that. I want to see that uh, sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, mm. speaking of comedy, I was going to get into um, My Blue Heaven, which is yep. which came out the same year as Goodfellas. And Sorry, it had, Steve Martin, I think. It was with Steve Martin as a uh, gangster in the Witness uh, Protection Program. Oh, awesome. And it was, it was a comedy. And so it's kind of like the comedy version of what happens after Goodfellas, even though, you know, the two movies just came out in the same year and they just nice. happened to have something. Well, just happened to have something to do with one another. In, in In the sense that Goodfellas was based on a book called Wise Guy by an author whose name I'm going to totally forget right now, but, you know, he worked with Hill to sure. write the book. He's married to a woman named Nora Ephron, who is one of the few women who made it to be a big-name director. Nora Ephron directed a little movie called My Blue Heaven. Ha-ha! Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> she also wrote When Harry Met Sally, didn't she? Yeah, I think, I think oh. she did. Uh, maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting that wrong, but she died last year or the year before, actually. Oh, yeah, Nora, Nora Ephron was pretty... Amazing. Oh my god. So the, the ending credits were talking about uh, how Jimmy was arrested and uh, he wouldn't be out for parole until 2004. Yeah, he died he in like prison, if I remember. Did he? Yeah, okay. He I, I, just, I was curious. Is, is he out now? <laughs> well, he out? What's interesting is you read about it and these guys, the, the guys that were still alive when the film was made, uh-huh. like Jimmy, who was in prison, mm. although I don't think his real name is Jimmy, but well, in sure, any case... But, yeah. uh, he was like he would like give interviews and he was just thrilled. He was <laughs> like, "I'm a star! Look at me! It's not a Bing." Um, and uh, well, you know, Hill again. He was like, yeah. "Sweet, everybody knows who I am. I can be a celebrity. Yeah. I can be mm-hmm. the closest." Get a little thing, bit of that status back. The closest thing to a made man I'm I'm gonna be. It's kind of amazing. He never got targeted by the mob at that point. I suppose he'd done all the damage he could do. There really wasn't any reason to kill him. Yeah. Um, and now he was under, like, the popular spotlight. Though. And, he yeah. was, and he was, yeah, he was well-known. Yeah. You know, he'd kind of... It'd be hard to kill somebody like that without having a, yeah. a lot of people looking for you. And, and it was a good movie. Hey, you yeah. know? <laughs> they made us look good. He was The first thing he says, he wants to be a gangster. He wants to be a gangster. It's, like, be a gangster. it's like a recruiting film. <laughs> He goes out there. He says, "Who wants to be a gangster? I got a film for you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how you can all be gangsters. It's going to be. It's going to be great. All you got to not don't get into the drugs. If you don't get into the drugs, you can be you can be the best gangster ever. And you can own a restaurant. And you can and you know, just don't don't pal up with the guys like Ray like 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 that uh, 
Like that Joe Pesci guy. He's a he's yeah. not a good not a good guy. <laughs> I can't decide if that's a Chicago or New York. I don't know what the hell I, it was. I think it's the worst gangster I've ever heard. I don't know what the hell it was. I, I, I just you know whatever. <laughs> Screw all of you. Um, <laughs> high five. <laughs> uh, that wasn't a high five for me. No, well, no that okay. was kind of a medium five. That was, uh, that was a medium five because we were amused. Yeah. Okay, so I think we have reached the point of final thoughts, Melissa. Final thought on Goodfellas. Uh, how about that steady shot through the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Oh, my thing God, of that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it. It good. just kept going. It, it, was, it, was, it was apparently kind of an accident because they wouldn't let the film crew go in through the front door. So it's like, well, let's go in through the back with the steady cam. And so then they just follow the actors through the... I love a good long the, take. Yeah. T- Touch of Evil is on our list, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah among yeah. with a... a, a like a hundred other movies. Yeah. Also, but, <laughs> the player should be on our list. But, but apparently they had to do that steady cam take a couple times because uh, at least one take, they got through all the entire shot and then Henny Youngman flubbed his line. Henny Youngman! Oh, <laughs> come on. What the I hell? know, I yeah, know. Yeah, that's guy. sad. Oh, well. Wouldn't you hate to be that guy? The one that just fucked it up at the end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was Henny Youngman at that point. Well, yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. God damn it, Henny. Like He's Henny Youngman. What the hell? <laughs> Just like, oh. All right, Jenna, final thoughts? Um, The way the wife just didn't get it when they were talking about the witness protection program. And they're, she, they're, they're sitting, and she's like, well, then I don't want to do it. Like, like, but it, you, you understand if you, if you walk out this door, they're going to put a bullet in your head. Yeah. You know? Just, just the whole, uh, um, the... Uh, illusion isn't the, quite the right word. Uh, delusion. 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 Nice. Like, it's right there. Yeah, just how incredibly deluded she was as to, to where things were at. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was fascinating to me. Uh, watching her try to talk her way out of a position, she, like, yeah. Like, she didn't have anything to stand on and, and just kept trying. Yeah, and, and the thought... She seemed to believe that once her husband was out of her life, that she'd be safe. Yeah. And, and, that's and I love that the attorney, who is the actual attorney who worked on the case, if I remember right. It's they really they right. actually cast that guy. It's like, no, I you heard you on the phone. You are so dumb. <laughs> There's Both the, of you. Uh, you are screwed. Can you plead stupidity? Yeah, yeah they should. Uh, so, uh, my final thought is just to let you know that the next episode, I'm very excited about this. Yay. It will have it will have already been recorded by the time this one. No, no, yes, it will. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell. I'm Make your mind about. up. No. Tim. The next, the next episode is going to be Bridge on the River Kwai. Bridge on the Yay. River Kwai, which we are recording live at the Trilon. Yes, on the 4th. Yeah, this yeah, one's fourth, going up on right? May 1st. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what are on you talking May about? 4th, May 4th, Sunday, May 4th. So you have time. The Trilon in Minneapolis. It is Bridge on the River Kwai on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really encourage you to come down and watch that with us. And after the movie, we will be recording a podcast about uh, Jenna's experiences having watched Bridge on the River Kwai. For the first time. It's really awesome. Yay. It's going to be so Join great. us. <laughs> Join us. I'm really excited. The, the trial-on the is a really, really neat place, so uh, we hope you are able to join us and, and enjoy the trial-on. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Yep, thank you. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Deep, deep.